Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Ruben Nava, Jesse Romero, two man car. We are 10 8 for Jesus. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Ruben. A lot to talk about this morning. I just want to remind the audience that July is the month we honor the precious blood of Jesus. That's right. It's not a coincidence that uh, it falls right between June's devotion to the Sacred Heart and August's devotion will be to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So July is an ideal time to connect our devotion to the precious blood of Jesus uh, and, and just be, be more cognizant of trying to get to Mass more often. Uh, attending Mass with reverence, praying the Mass, uh, going on your own during the week to to spend time with Jesus in the Adoration Chapel. Let's just make sure that let's just make sure that we realize that without the blood of Jesus, we are absolutely nothing. But with the blood of Jesus, we have eternal life. Amen. I might re- I might also add that uh, Saturday is the feast of Our Lady of Mount Car- Carmel, and uh, you know who gave us the brown scapular, gave it to mm-hmm. Saint Simon Stock, and. Uh, you know, most traditional Catholics that I that I know, they're all wearing the scapular. So it's uh... there's a beautiful problem. I'll just I I tell as many people as I can. There's a beautiful promise in the brown scapular, uh, where Our Lady promises that those who wear the brown scapular will not suffer the fires of hell. So what does that mean? Some people say, okay, I guess I can live a reckless life, and uh, you know, she's going to make sure that I don't end up in hell. No, that doesn't mean that. When you wear the scapular or any sacramental, what it does, it gives you the actual grace now to want to be holy, to live a life of virtue. In other words, it gives you what's called actual graces so that you want to make sure that you live an ordered life, an, an, a life oriented towards God. Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful promises of the bronze scapular is called the Sabbatine privilege, which Our Lady promises that anybody who wears a bronze scapular, again, you know, uh, and, uh, and we'll dies die in a state, state of yeah, grace. dies in a state of grace. The first Saturday after the person dies, uh, she says she will pluck them out of purgatory and into heaven. So like, let's just say you mm-hmm. die on a Friday night. She, will, Our Lady, will pluck pluck you out Saturday morning. So I know we can't measure time outside of planet Earth, but not not a bad promise. Imagine dying on Friday and Our Lady taking you out of purgatory on Saturday morning. Yeah, that's my prayer. I die on a Friday, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I, that's you know what? I never thought about that. You're right. Uh, well, that's a- you know, hey, when, when you th- you're praying to Saint Joseph for a happy death, hey, hey Joseph, can you uh, make sure? I, <laughs> you know that day hey, that I that I don't don't eat meat. How about you? Uh, <laughs> you take that makes that. sense, Ruben. That's good. That's a, that's, that's actually a pretty <laughs> pious thought. You know, hey Lord, take me on a Friday. Hey, let's jump right into some of the things because there's a bunch of stuff we want to talk about today. Archbishop Vigano, who defends a, a Catholic priest who's sanctioned for criticizing Pope Francis, uh, and the Archbishop basically tells him, you're being punished for being Catholic. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll go through the letter. The priest's name is Father Jesus Mary. That's, that's a, a pen name. Right. He's an African priest. His name is uh, Abbe Janvier Benou. Uh, and so he's an African priest. He was expelled by the Opus Dei and suspended as a priest for exactly uh, expressing a kind, charitable criticism of the Pope. He did it in charity. And in June of this year, Pope Francis himself 
endorsed these harsh sanctions. So Father Jesus Mary is disallowed from practicing his ministry and is only allowed to celebrate the Holy Mass in private if he abstains from further public criticism of Pope Francis. That doesn't make sense because I've got articles where Pope Francis is talking to a cadre of bishops and telling them, hey, feel free to criticize me. So he's openly yeah. told prelates, bishops, hey, if I say something or I'm out of line, feel free to criticize me. Now, apparently he's retracting what he said on prior occasions to, to audiences of bishops. So in light of this punishment, this most humble priest, and I've seen him interviewed, he's a, you can tell he's a humble, he's a kind priest, he loves, he loves being a priest. And, uh, and Archbishop Vigano came to his defense, which I was glad to see to see that, that yeah. uh, Vigano rightly, rightly points out that Father Jesus Mary has done the right thing and that is to be honored and that he should be honored for his Catholic witness. Right. So we will get, we'll get onto the letter, the actual letter from Vigano in referring to Father Jesus Mary. All right. So uh, Archbishop Vigano starts off and says, Amen. I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city. He's quoting Matthew ten fifteen, and he says, uh, "Reverend Father Janvier, dear Father Jesus Mary, Mizigbeto, um, uh, I learned from the press here about the news of your suspension, uh, de Venus, and your expulsion from Opus Dei, which was imposed on you by the Congregation of Bishops as a canonical sanction for failing to show quote respect and obedience to the Supreme Pontiff." End quote. Permit me to express my spiritual closeness to you at a moment of great trial for you. As a baptized Catholic and as a minister of God, it must be painful for you to be accused by the same person who, with the mercy that distinguishes his very act, receives notorious abortionists, mm. those who are publicly cohabitating, transvestites, sodomites, rebellious clerics, heretics, usurers, and those who starve their people. I imagine that it's very disheartening to be reproached for what in other times would have merited praise, if not even the glory of the altars. For the for the saints who did not hesitate to scold even harshly the corruption of the papal court, uh, St. Peter Damien or St. Catherine of Siena would today be scandalized by the duplicity of one who never misses any occasion to denigrate good Catholics and please the enemies of the church, of the Christ and his church. And he's and here Archbishop Bigno is referring to St. Peter Damien, who, um, if you know the story, he, he you know, he, he drew attention uh, by the Pope and the, and the German Emperor, Henry III, who, um, he was actively involved, this was Pope, uh, Peter, Peter Damien was actively involved in the imperial, imperial efforts to transform the papacy in the 1040s, and he worked with uh, Pope Leo IX uh, to spread that reform to the church in the West, and, and basically it was the problem of simony, the, the, the purchase of ecclesiastical office, and the validity of the sacraments bestowed by a simonianic cleric. And then he, she, he, he mentions Catherine of Siena. That's even a more popular story where she assisted the, you know, and, in getting the Pope back from uh, Avignon, France. She took the mantle of St. Catherine of Siena, um, or sorry, St. Bridget of Sweden, uh, who first exhorted the, the Pope and the Pope uh, to return in 1350 and spent 20 years trying to do so. Finally, Gregory the Eleventh listened to the pleadings of the prayers of uh, Saint Catherine of Siena, and she, and he returned to to Rome. So, you know, th there was no shame, no scandal, and and, and uh, 
what and what she did, and it was uh, more shameful for the the Pope to be out, uh, away from the uh, the uh, city, the holy city of Rome. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, he, so Archbishop Vigano writes, what you face for your fidelity to the magisterium, and he's talking about the, the, the eternal magisterium, you know, that's been the constant teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. What you face for your fidelity to the magisterium and for your true respect for the see of the most, of the most blessed Peter is an occasion to expiate the faults and scandals of ecclesiastics in the spirit of expiation and reparation that unites us as members of the mystical body to our Lord, who is the head, immolated on the cross in reparation for the offenses committed by men against the Most Holy Trinity. Your trial, dear Father and Reverend Father Gibbonu, unites you to those other trials, often even harder to bear, to which many of your brother priests have been subjected to by their superior priests, thrown out of their parishes and forced to live and sleep in their own cars or in makeshift lodgings, Pastors removed from their parishes because they're unwilling to renounce the celebration of the holy sacrifice in the apostolic rite. Religious sent away from their monasteries and convents because they do not want to renounce their fidelity to the charism of their order. Seminarians who find themselves impeded from priestly formation simply because they do not accept the dissipation and worldliness imposed on them. Hmm. If you ever have doubts about the intentions of those who usurping authority against the purpose for which it has been instituted by Christ, rage against those who are good. I invite you to consider how the the severity dissolves in the face of, of the much graver shortcomings of fornicating clergy, corrupt prelates, and cardinals who are molesters and thieves. Ouch. Mm. The next paragraph's a bomb. Read it, Ruben. The next, yeah, the, uh, the next one's the meat of it. Archbishop, he doesn't hold up back any punches, man. No, he has no filter in the mouth, Ruben. <sighs> Your crime, Reverend Father, is that you created a dangerous term of comparison with them. So people don't like, to, like their faults uncovered. Uncovering the tomb, seething with worms, that is the Bergolian ooh, Church. Ooh. If you had participated in gay pride by publishing your photos in imposes unbecoming of i will not say an ecclesiastic but even a pagan if you had given scandal by indulging in shameful intercourse with another priest if you had denied catholic truths or contested christian morality you would by now be the head of the roman dicastery or the bishop of the as prestigious diocese diocese and you would be standing in your threaded ecclesiastical finery right next to the one who has deprived you of the faculty of celebrating mass hearing confession and preaching, just like you, many other priests, and not a few bishops and even cardinals, see themselves instead derided, offended, and unjustly punished simply because they are too Catholic. So he says, I ask myself whether in the face of the shame of the corruption of the current clergy who so please Bergoglio to the point of surrounding himself with them in the rooms of Santa Marta, you ought to consider the sanctions that that have been imposed on you as a cause for pride. This man is a holy young yeah. priest, Reuben. Let's finish this letter on the other side. It's just another yeah, paragraph. Yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. Okay. Jesus 9112, man call Ruben Alva, Jess Romero. We're talking about a very holy priest who's being unjustly punished. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this seems to be the norm, not the exception right now in the Catholic Church. Lord, come and help us. Lord, make haste to help us. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. We've got to stand up for truth. Amen. We're talking about Archbishop Vigano's letter to a, a sanctioned priest for criticizing uh, Pope uh, Francis. It's an unjust punishment. But uh, in the paragraph I was reading, uh, he just finished saying that you ought to consider the sanctions that have been imposed on you as a cause for pride. And he says, the exile that has been given to me. So, Archbishop Arch- mm. Vigano, I've never saw anything formal. Jesse, have you? That uh, No, not, but I'm sure... No, I, ha- I have it ruined, so I can't comment. You're right. Yeah, I consider an honor. Um, if the house of God has become a den of thieves, whoever wants to remain close to the Lord must shake off its dust off their feet, wow. Matthew 10, 14, and not even deign to greet those who deny Christ and crucify him daily by their conduct. You want to finish it, Jess? Yeah. You know what I think v- Archbishop Vino, when, when he says, the exile that has been given to me, I consider an honor. He's quoting Dante just to, just oh, to let yeah, okay. Father know, Father Jesus Mary know that, hey, here's what Dante said about exile. You're in exile now. Uh, you know, consider your, consider that being an honor. So I, I don't think he's referring to himself. Okay. Yeah. Um, Rejoice then, dear and reverend Father. This is what Archbishop Vigano says to this young African priest. Because of the enemies of God did not find in you any reason to, to persecute you, it would mean that you're not bearing witness to your faithfulness to the Lord. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. John 15, 18. Incarnate wisdom has said, The present trials are thus a cause for spiritual consolation, an occasion of sanctification, and an opportunity for the edification of the simple. The Lord will repay you 100 times for what you are enduring. Wow, what beautiful words from a father to a son, you know. Mm-hmm. To you, dear Father, and to all those who, like you, are per- like you, who are persecuted, propter justinium, Matthew five ten. Blessed are those who that, that thirst for righteousness or justice. I dedicate my memento whenever I pray in the in the holy sacrifice of the mass. Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, two thousand twenty two. Ruben, I'm so glad that this man is alive in our time because every time I hear him speak and write or being interviewed. He sounds like like right out of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He sounds like you know one of he speaks with such clarity, and he's so and he's so saturated in the Word of God, his thoughts, and he's also so saturated in Catholic thought. In other words, in in the proper Catholic Thomistic uh, frame of, of of looking at the world, uh, we what a blessing that we have at least this voice. I mean, there's others. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's the loudest voice and the clearest voice we have in Catholicism on planet Earth right now. Yeah, just just to let the viewers, uh, listeners know that the three letters that this uh, holy priest uh, wrote to the Pope about was the first one was just concerning uh, uh, the truth about homosexual civil cohabitation laws. The second was a letter exposed the exposing the interpretation of Amoris Laetitia validated by Pope Francis contradict Catholic doctrine and morality. And the third letter was regarding a decision made by the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith in 2018 regarding hysterectomies. The priest who writes under the name of, uh, well, this priest, he, he, he held that the, the 2018 decision contradicts the judgment made by the CDF in 1993. So all good, you know, all good things to point out. Um, I don't have any problems with any of those things. So, yeah, I mean, not that I'm an authority, but right. that's... Uh, but- you and me come from a school of common sense. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's, it's also called in Latin, 
we have what's called census fidein, which means we have a sense of the faith. We have a sense of what's right, what's wrong. And we all have a, because of the Holy Spirit that's given us that, that grace of census fidei, yeah. you and me have a BS meter. We know when somebody's BSing us, Ruben. <laughs> that's true. All right, Justin. Hey, let's move on. Let's talk about the Corrupt National Education Association. Guess what they did last Wednesday? They voted to promote abortion on demand. What an! This is the nation's largest teachers' union. They voted to defend abortion on demand, capping off a politically charged convention that encouraged teachers to validate children experimenting with transgender ideology and homosexuality. Since when did that become education? By a nearly three-to-one vote on Wednesday, the National Education Association adopted a resolution stating that the NEA will, will publicly stand in defense of abortion and reproductive rights and encourage members to participate in rallies and demonstrations, lobbying and political campaigns, educational events, and other actions, and other actions to support the right to abortion. Mm-hmm. The NEA is a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender non-confirming folks. Uh, said the rationale for adopting this resolution. New business item 34, it did not mention any commitment the union may have to educating children. Ruben, this is, a, this is uh, and let's just be honest, this is the communist takeover of, of U.S. education, at least, at least the upper echelon, at least those that run it. I'm not saying there's not good teachers in individual schools here and there, you know, mm-hmm. fourth grade, sixth grade, but I'm saying as a national body, this is this is the communist infiltration of our public education. Right. And any of those conservative teachers, they don't want they don't want any part of these things. So good teachers are leaving in droves because they can't they can't stomach this stuff. And I used to say, you know, the three uh, occupations that don't get paid enough were police, fire and teachers. And I'm going to scratch teachers off there. I know, like you said, there's some good ones. But, yeah, uh, this is the, the the good ones need to stand up too and start pushing back on this nonsense. Yeah. So, the, yeah, Ruben, the NEA is a, is basically a Marxist organization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what they are. But they've taken over. Uh, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. No. Yeah. They they're right, and then, then they have so much power because you know just think during COVID, they they were single handedly keeping the schools closed because they didn't want to come back. They, yeah. Anyway, um, this organization... Which, which, which has affected the education of kids to this very day. One, They're all uh, yeah, like a year behind. The organization has a left-leaning political agenda that they are very proud of and that they will support to the bitter end. Meg Kilgannon, senior fellow for education at the Family Research Council, told Washington Watch with Tony Perkins on Wednesday, it's the leftist progressive political agenda that's being pushed on children at the expense of their education. And... Um, Anyway, the the, the NEA's 2022 annual meeting at Representative Assembly, they echoed the priorities outlined by NEA President Becky Pringle in a fiery speech calling for on delegates to fight unceasingly for the liberal agenda. We will fight tirelessly for the right to choose. We will never stop, she said. We'll, we will say gay. We will say trans. She bellowed in the reference to Florida's parental rights and education law signed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Republican. The law, which opponents er erroneous dub a don't say gay law, merely says teachers may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity, 
with children before the fourth grade, nor in a way that is not age appropriate with their students. That should be coming down from the federal level, Jesse. Unbelievable. Well, and I, I got a better idea, uh, Terry, um, uh, Derek, uh, Ruben. We should get rid of this of the NEA. Yeah, that's true. Get rid of it. Why do we need a national body overlooking all the uh, overseeing all the public schools? Let go back to the Catholic principle of subsidiarity, which means we don't want big government. Let every school operate at the local level because it's the local people and the and, and the local town, the local city. They know the needs of their children and let them vote in the people to be on the school board. Let them vote in the, 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 the right people. But this over, this this is government overreach mm-hmm. and, uh, and and the National Education Association. All they are, Ruben, is just an, an arm of the of, uh, of the. Remember, the Democrats have a lot of members that are Democrat Socialists of America, DSAs. Those are Marxists. Those are communists. It's in the Democrat Party. A lot of these people here, without a doubt, are part of the Democrat Socialists of America, and they're running the National Education Association, and our kids are paying for it. Mm-hmm. Pringle defiantly vowed that teachers will use words that validate our students and encourage them to walk in their authenticity. In other words, brainwash them, mm-hmm. though they, she did not specify how this would comply with state law. Unlike in years past, the text of the NEA delegates' resolutions has, has been made private, but escorts have excerpts have gone public these include the nea support for minors gender transitions and fighting for intersectionality equity and environmental justice concepts culled from the critical race theory these people are sick these people are in unhinged from reality Mm -hmm. these people are god haters is what they are the nea will publicize our continuing commitment to lgbt youth and all young people's right to learn about and develop their own sexual orientation and gender and gender identity. Whatever happened with reading, writing, and arithmetic? Yeah. It says, it does not mention, parent- new business item 41 does not mention parental consent or notification, a hot button issue at school board meetings, but the union promises to take all necessary steps to overturn the don't say gay law in Florida and other homophobic and anti-transgender laws. New business item 63 would replace the terms mother and father with birthing person and non-birthing person in the union's legal contracts. Good. The union also lashed out at the relative absence of gun ownership restrictions on and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We'll continue. We'll, we'll finish up this article, but go ahead. But finish yeah, up if yeah, whatever saying, you can right now. Yeah, they're saying this in public, but what are, what are they doing in the classroom? In private. In private, right? For years. Imagine what they've been doing in private for years, Ruben. Right. Uh, some of this was exposed during COVID when when uh, they were on Zoom meetings and and uh, parents were able to listen in on some of this nonsense. Um, uh, Pringle uh, called on NEA delegates to build our power by enrolling everyone in our righteous cause. Jeez. One person willing to mar- march with the NEA was Vice President Kamala Harris, who claimed DeSantis' law took freedom away from kindergarten to third grade teacher oh. in Florida to love openly and with pride. Such extremist so-called leaders in Florida and other states where a majority of legislators take stands she disfavors should be forced to sit through civics class to remember how a democracy works, said Harris. She knows, does know one thing about, you know, civics. And, and, and she calls them extremists. It's a fringe a- a element here that we're talking about. So, Ruben, she's, she's probably the, the uh, vice president with the lowest IQ we've ever had in, in, in the White House in 246 years. Yeah. 
Seriously, look at the way she talks. Yeah, it's, they they call this extremists. They do that with uh, you know the uh, abortion uh, p- the people who are pro life. They call them extremists. You know, Joe Biden called them. We'll find out in another article we're going to cover. I know. <laughs> so they accuse us what they're already doing. They that's that's their game plan. Anyway, um, he, he, the president's wife, uh, Jill, don't call me Taco, right? Uh, yeah, a longtime NEA member. She spoke at the convention last year, anyway, and the NEA, NEA spent $25 million of members' dues on com- campaign donations in the 2020 election cycle, overwhelmingly to do- Democrats. The 3 million member teachers' union receives most of its dues from public school teachers, who in turn receive their salary from taxpayers. What you have here is an elaborate sort of money laundering operation yep. that's giving public dollars to left-wing interest groups, said Kilgannon. This is an incredible partisan organization that has a lot of muscle and they use it on behalf of their friends in the democratic party she said 100 percent. this is it, 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 this is they have to get to our kids because that's the next generation and that's just their their game plan the communist takeover Justin, lord yeah help us lord come make come lord jesus come yeah. Hey, Jesus, 911, two-man car. Just remember Ruben Nava. We're going to talk next about Biden wants to issue an executive order to protect abortion. Are you kidding me? He's defying SCOTUS. Now, back to Jesus, 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus, 911. Lord, help us. We're exposing some of these uh, these radical um, the left's agenda here, and we're going to be talking about Biden, President Biden, the unelected Biden. He's going to issue an executive order to protect abortion, which he's trying to defy SCOTUS. Ruben, why is it that when when the left wins a, a victory in the Supreme Court, they they start wagging their fingers at us and tell us, "Hey, Supreme Court said this, Roe versus Wade. It's the law of the land. Shut your mouth. You know." You, mm-hmm. Keep your mouth shut and, and just, you know, get in line, get in line. But when they lose a case, all of a sudden, they want to defy the Supreme Court yeah. when things don't go their way. These guys are complete hypocrites. These guys are complete clowns. Yep, 100%, Jess. So, uh, President Joe Biden, I even hate saying President Joe Biden. Yeah, just say unelected president. You know, yeah. I just preface it with unelected uh, President Joe Biden. Joe Biden, um, he... he um, Hold on, I just lost it. Um, go ahead, just start it. Yeah. Unelected President Joe Biden on Friday announced that he would defy the Supreme Court and state lawmakers by signing an executive order to federally protect and expand access to abortion. So much for respecting, uh, you know, the, th- the three branches of government. Yeah. The Biden administration claimed in a briefing that the only way to secure women's rights is through protecting Roe versus Wade as federal law. The same memo argued that the Supreme Court's June 24th ruling striking down Roe versus Wade stripped women of their rights to privacy, autonomy, freedom, and equality. Biden publicly denounced the Supreme Court's ruling in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson on the day of its release, but he promises to go further in his new executive order. The president will do everything in his power to defend abortion, the briefing stated. The executive order will make medication abortion as widely accessible as possible and protect women's access to accurate information. Can you imagine, Ruben, how many women are going to, young girls are going to die at home as they bleed to death? As they writhe like a like a wounded animal in the bathroom floor, bleeding out without any medical attention, that's going to happen more and more. 
The announcement comes amid Democratic calls to crack down on pregnancy care clinics since they do not abort babies. Democrats argue such clinics, crisis pregnancy centers, are deceptive and do not provide accurate information to women who turn to them for help during crisis pregnancies. So Senator Elizabeth Warren, who thinks she's an Indian, Mm -hmm. a Democrat from Massachusetts, said this week that such clinics, pregnancy counseling centers, are fake and that the Democratic (laughs) Party should... should, Yeah, yeah, coming from somebody who doesn't know what nationality she is. And she said that the Democrat Party should work to stop them. If, If somebody denies that communism is not here in America through the Democrat Party... Uh, they need to have their head examined. This, this is the Fatima consequences because of our failures as a church. Mm-hmm. These are the consequences of the Fatima prophecies that we're living right now. Exactly. Catholic Vote Director of Government Affairs, Tom McCluskey, pointed out that this democratic rhetoric and Biden's proposed executive order also coincide with the rash of attacks on pro-life women's care clinics by pro-abortionist terrorist groups. But you notice uh, there's no hue and cry about that on CNN or MSNBC. Nope. Uh, at a time, uh, Tom McCluskey said, a Catholic vote director of government affairs, he said, quote, at a time when Joe Biden's administration is ignoring the unprecedented attacks on pregnancy resource centers, the president releases an executive order authorizing his administration to use the government to attack pregnancy resource centers. He's also asking the government to willfully ignore the Constitution and to declare war on pro-life states. Ruben, I'm, I'm rubbing my eyeballs right now. I've never seen the country more divided than it is right now. Yeah. And, and remember Joe Biden ran on? He's going to be the great unifier. We need Joe. We need Joe Biden because Uncle Joe knows how to unify both sides. No, he doesn't. This guy is the worst president we've had in 246 years. 100 percent. Yeah. And they, they think that everybody wants to kill their babies. You know, this is they don't think, think about the other half. Most people don't. Yeah. Over half the country doesn't think that killing the babies. They're just absolutely out of touch with the population. Yeah. So McCluskey, uh, let's just go down here. Biden on Friday said that he directed the Secretary of Health and Human Services, HHS, to expand access to abortion care, ensure that medication abortion is as widely accessible as possible, and clarify physician responsibilities and protections to dictate that health professionals must be willing to perform abortions. Well, what if their conscience violates their conscience? How, how could they do that to these, these doctors, force them to, to, to perform abortions when they do not want to? And Doctors and nurses. Yeah. HHS must expand access to the full range of reproductive health services. Quit using that word because there's no reproducing here. Such as access to emergency contraception and long-acting reversible contraception like intrauterine devices, the White House stated, and... Uh, this is the secretary of HHS has already directed the centers for Medicare and Medicaid services to take every legally available step to ensure patient access to family planning care, which is why they call it family planning care. It's, it's just straight abortion. Just call it what it is. Yeah. And to protect yeah. family planning providers, Planned Parenthood and abortion doctors. And the federal government will also launch outreach and public education efforts regarding access to reproductive health care services, including abortion and establish the right to travel out of state to seek medical care. And the administration also plans to protect people 
seeking reproductive health care from inaccurate information. This is coming from people who believe men can have babies. Come on. <laughs> McClo- uh, McCloskey, who uh, works for Catholic Vote, he's, uh, he's one of the spokesmen for Catholic Vote. He says, in other words, they will protect people from information that they don't, that they don't want them to know, such as the existence of crisis pregnancy centers. I fear, as a Democratic-controlled Congress and the White House realize how ineffective they are in pushing back against the nation's pro-life tide, they will become more radical, from ignoring the Hyde Amendment to allowing abortions on federal lands. Yeah, Ruben, these guys, uh, what happened is Roe versus Wade, or the Supreme Court, the six justices, took away the sacrament of the left. Mm-hmm which is the sacrament to Satan. It's a blood. Abortion is a blood sacrifice to Satan. It's the sacrament of the left. It's the parody of the Eucharist. And the, it would be like, how would Catholics, uh, we'd be up in arms if, if uh, all of a sudden, you know, some international quarters, the Supreme court says Catholics get, you can't receive the Eucharist in Catholic churches anymore. Get rid of the tabernacles. No more consecrations. Uh, no more, uh, no more Eucharist for Catholics. You can go in and pray and you know mm-hmm. do your devotions, but no more. Of course, there would be a war. There'd be a civil war. Well, this this is this is what happened, Ruben. Is we we poke the bear because this for them is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, HHS also recently announced nearly three million in new spending to support family planning needs. Es- essentially, funding abortion, which is what the Hyde Amendment is about. We can't use. Uh, uh, taxpayer money to pay for for abortions uh, additionally on the day of the dobbs decision hhs launched re reprotection no, reprotective rights.gov which promotes awareness and uh of the access to family planning services uh hhs is the only federal department promoting abortion the off isn't the only one the the office of personal management also issued a statement affirming that paid sick leave can be taken to cover Absences for travel to obtain reproductive health care. Yeah, Jess, I could just see it now. County workers in L.A. Yeah, hey, boss, I'm going to go get a, an abortion. Give me a couple of weeks off. You know, you know how are you going to how are you going to prove that? You know, or, or how are you going to get away with that? There's going to be a bunch of fraud going on because there's already fraud going on everywhere else. Exactly, Ruben. This guy here, Roger Severino, used to work for President Trump. I know him. He's a solid Catholic. Sounds He's like a trad. It. Yeah, he's a trad. Um, this is the this is the best part of the article. Yeah, he he's now the vice president of domestic policy at the Heritage Foundation. But uh, Biden just fired him a few months ago. He he found out that he was a a lawyer for Trump that it was still kind of in, in the White House. Says, hey, what's this guy doing over here? He, and he found out that he's a trad Catholic, so he fired him. But go ahead and see what Roger Severino says. Rather than acknowledge that Americans consistently reject abortion on demand through all nine months. President Biden's executive order doubles down on abortion extremism, expanding the reach of deadly abortion pills, bullying nonprofits that help women choose life, and instructing people to refuse to cooperate with law enforcement proves that this administration is in the pocket of an abortion industry desperate to keep its profit centers afloat. The pro-life movement won't let an abusive federal government undermine the cause of saving babies and helping women and families. Because some radical states are following Biden's lead on abortion, Congress must use all available constitutional authority to protect the youngest and the most vulnerable among us from the violence of abortion, no matter what state their little hearts are beating in. 
Lawmakers also must protect babies who survive abortion, stop the interstate flow of deadly abortion pills, halt any taxpayer dollars from going to the abortion industry, and ensure no American is forced to violate his or her moral or religious convictions by being forced to participate in abortion or abortion insurance coverage. And the yep, Biden- that's a Catholic. That's a Catholic lawyer right there, Roger Severino. Good. See how clear. See how clear a Catholic lawyer thinks and writes. Right. He's, the end uh, says the Biden administration has yet to release any statement about the fifty-plus crisis pregnancy centers that have been hit just since May. You know, and they're, they're always telling us, "Oh, well, you don't do anything about the babies once they're born." You know, well, you guys are always touting for pro-life, but what, what do you do once they they're born? Well, this is what you're destroying, you boneheads. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, this, exactly. These pregnancy crisis center has, you know, milk and food and diaper. clothes and wipe. I mean, everything. Yeah. And people come in and uh, they get all this for free. And they're constantly asking people for donations. They, they could buy more to help these mothers. And these are the places that are being attacked by these leftists from Jane's Revenge and mm-hmm. D.C. Shutdown. And, uh, you know, and uh, what's, what's that other? Ruth sent us. Yeah. Ruth. Again, Roger Severino, what a what a powerful statement he just made at the end. By the way, Roger Severino's brother, he's got a family of lawyers, all Catholics, they have, they go to the Latin Mass. Roger Severino's brother is uh, is is the lawyer for Father Ripperger. So I mean, these guys are solid Catholics, and he, this guy worked for for um, wow. the Trump administration for for years, and, and Biden just fired him probably about six months ago because he found out that he was a Trump leftover, holdover. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, coming up, the Catholic view. Of the value of human life. We're going to hear it from a Catholic perspective here. All right. Which is really the only perspective, Ruben. Yeah. This is the true perspective. Every other perspective on human life is false. Yep. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We are back. Two-man car, Jesus 911. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Ruben, if everybody had the the correct view on human life, which is the Catholic view, because that's God's view, we wouldn't have the problems that we have in our society, uh, especially with abortion and all the... Uh, the culture of death issues. Yeah. But and and but again, it's the rejection of the Catholic faith and the rejection of Catholic truth that has us in 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 the West uh, in this uh, in this spiral. We're spiraling into this dystopian society. We're into confusion, into you know allowing ourselves to be brainwashed because we people have rejected the truth about God, which comes through. The, the the organ, the official organ, the mouthpiece of God is the 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 perennial magisterial teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. What the church has always said, not not always this, everywhere and to for to everybody, not last week hmm. or last month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is a Dr. Donald DeMarco who's uh, writes this article. Um and he, he says Christ poses the question, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Matthew sixteen twenty six. The answer is not very difficult as as to ascertain it profits him nothing. The question is is stated in such a way as to contrast 
quantity with quality and um, indicate that no amount of possessions a man might accumulate can equal the importance of his soul. So he says, we are impressed with things that we can count. Money, material things are, are countable. They are commonly regarded in our materialistic society as measuring a person's worth. Christ is pointing out that in his name, as well as in, as in any time, quantity, no matter how great, cannot eclipse the quality qualitative value of one's soul. A Planned Parenthood Center in Virginia has circulated a flyer which tells people that, quote, your first baby will cost you as much as five sports cars or 100 beach trips, end quote. Can you you believe that? Christ admonishes those who quantify life so that it is depreciated and made equal to things that are accountable. Unbelievable. (laughs) The, uh, the author, uh, Dr. Donald DeMarco, writes, In the field of astronomy, the immense size of the universe compared with the relative speck where life exists seems to indicate that life is not very important, perhaps a cosmic accident. Sir James Jeans, one of the foremost scientists of the 20th century, makes the following comment in his book called The Mysterious Universe. He says, It seems incredible that the universe can have been designed primarily to produce life like our own. Had it been so, surely we might have expected to find a better proportion between the magnitude of the mechanism and the amount of the product. At first glance, at least, life seems to be an utterly unimportant byproduct. We living things are somehow off the main line. Close quote. As a scientist, yeah, this guy, this guy, he's off the mark. As a scientist, Gene sees everything as matter, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with the secular humanists. They don't see the person as a, as a body-soul, matter-soul composite. Mm-hmm. They see all humans as simply as matter, as body. And so they miss the, inter- the eternal implications of a human being. But, uh, again, the this, this secular scientist, Sir, Sir James Gene... He's in a poor position to understand that human life, meager as it is quantitatively, is the ultimate purpose why God created the universe. He created it for man. Right. Pascal, one of the great thinkers in the Catholic Church, one of the great philosophers in the Middle Ages, he had a more enlightened view of the human being, said man is only a need, but he is a thinking... Man is only a read... But he is a thinking reed. Even if the universe were to crush him, man would still be nobler than his slayer because he knows that he is dying and the advantage the universe has over him. The universe knows none of this. Close quote. In other words, man cannot receive and express love. Uh, Man can receive, can receive and express love. The universe cannot in other words, what, what these great, some of these great minds are saying to these secular humanist scientists is the universe and all that's contained in it was made for man. Man was not made to entertain the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the, the disproportionate, disproportion between God and man is greater than that of the, the disproportion between the space in the universe and the space allotted to man. Yet it is a sign of the nature of divinity that God can embrace that which seems to be most humble of his creations. Um, in the words of Joseph Ratzinger, later Pope Benedict XV, in his superlative work, Introduction to Christianity, the boundless spirit 
who bears in himself the totality of being reaches of being reaches beyond the greatest so that to him it is small and he reaches into the smallest because to him nothing is too small perhaps this overstepping of the greatest and reaching down to the smallest is the true nature of absolute spirit quantitative criteria become irrelevant other scales become visible reckoned by which the the uh, infinitely small is truly embracing and truly great i think it was jesus too that said huh you uh, the lowly uh, are gonna inherit the kingdom yeah, yeah. the lowly will inherit mm-hmm. the earth mm-hmm. yeah and, and and inherit the kingdom of heaven right Human beings fail to appreciate the value of human life when they view it from the standpoint of the universe. In other words, like secular humanists. Mm-hmm. From, from that vantage point, human life seems so paltry. They also fail to appreciate its value when they're distracted by the palpable things they can possess. Uh, yet, as one theologian, Hans Ernst Balthasar, once said, man, man is the being who bears in his heart a mystery greater than himself. That's a good statement, though he's made a lot of other bad statements. Yeah, I know. That's why. Being, oh, yeah, that's yeah. why I left that eminent. <laughs> like it, it, you yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Did you notice I didn't put yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being open to God, but that was a good statement. You know, sometimes yeah. the clock, the broken clock, is correct twice a day. Mm-hmm. Being open to God and being touched by His grace allows a person to realize His inestimable value. By contrast, as Balthazar got it right that time, he goes on to say, "It is true that in the sinner." This sanctuary has become neglected and forgotten, overgrown and turned into a sepulcher or a rubbish heap, close quote. So when we observe the unseemly protest for abortion for the, the destruction of uterine life, we're saddened that human beings made in the image and likeness of God can, re, can renounce their dignity and fight against, against that which makes them spiritually complete. Life has indeed been cheapened, by, I'll have to say, by the left mm-hmm. and by the godless. And people protest violently to keep it cheap. It is a diabolical phenomenon, what we're seeing right now in America. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, statistics in Canada, uh, they have been released. And the data shows that the average birth rate for women has decreased to 1.4 children per woman of childbearing age. This is a record low for Canada and critically below the 2.1 children considered as the natural replacement rate for a population. Susan McDaniel, a sociology professor at the University of Victoria, told uh, CTV News that these lower birth rates represent a, quote, good trend, not only for parents and society, but also for the planet. The last beneficiary is highly doubtful. Uh, The planet exists for man, not the other way around, as Jesse said earlier. Besides, the planet does not care one way or the other whether there are fewer children around, but to Compare the value of children to the presumed value of the planet is surely misanthropic. That just means disliking humankind or avoiding human society. And a Catholic view of human life recognizes the qualitative spirituality that man has over anything material. It understands that he bears within himself the seal of a loving God, possesses an immortal soul. The stars will perish, but the human soul is imperishable. The tragedy that is being played out at the moment, is that there are people who are not only protesting against life, but also against those Catholics in particular who understand the incomparable value of human life. Catholics must continue to be witnesses in a world where people have lost sight of the value of their own lives as well as that of their offspring. You know, and just um, and and I looked at a, at a Pew Research poll, and it, it's it's appalling to see how how badly Catholics uh, stand on this issue. Against uh, p- 
pro pro life versus against uh, life. You know, white evangelical Protestants, twenty four percent are pro, seventy four percent are against it. So pro uh, pro abortion or against abortion. Wow. Okay. Um, White evangelical Protestants, 24 to 74. White Protestants, not evangelical, 60% pro-abortion and 38% against abortion. Black Protestants, 66 for abortion, 28% against. Catholics, this disgusts me here, 56 for pro-abortion, 42% against abortion. Unaffiliated, 84% pro-abortion, 15% against abortion. So those Catholics, got we got to reverse that because... Those are low information, uh, probably non-practicing, probably Joe Biden, you know, type of Catholics, and it, they just skew the numbers. You know, we, we got to get our, our our family members back to the dinner table desks and get them back to mass, get them back to receiving the sacraments because this is pathetic. Yeah, our goal as Catholics, uh, remember, every one of us has a, a an exit interview with Jesus. Our goal as Catholics is to try to bring as many people back home to the Catholic faith and to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as possible before you die. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest gift you could give to a friend, a family member, is uh, is to, I mean, I think it's in James chapter 5, verse 16, if anybody who turns a sinner from the air of his ways and they come back to God, you will not only save that person's soul, but you will save your own soul. Mm-hmm. Evangelization is a matter of life and death. There are so many people, family and friends of ours that right now, they're they're on the fast track to hell. We don't want that for anybody. We don't no. want that for, for for our worst enemies. And so, as Catholics, let's make sure that we're being we're living a life of holiness, a life of prayer, receiving the sacraments. I mean, j- just have that desire. I want to be holy. Yeah. And any opportunity you have, share your faith and try to build people up and encourage them and bring them back to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you know. What if, what if the Catholic Church, what we're saying is true, and and you live your life as if it's not true, only to find out that you know it's your judgment that it was true, uh, rather than if it's not true, you've lost nothing, you know, because you're you're already thinking, well, there's no God, so I'm going to live like a heathen, and uh, you know you're going to find out, um, you're going to find out at the end that uh, you were wrong, and and. Uh, you can atone for your sins and and we'll see the just jesus there at the end uh, his he's merciful but he's also just yep that's pascal's wager yeah you got nothing to lose by believing in god and you have everything to gain right. the atheist has everything to lose by not believing in god and nothing to gain by not believing in god well said yep Wrap it up, Jess. Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Ruben Nava. That's a wrap. We are EOW, end of watch. Up next, you're going to hear more hands on apologetics from Gary Machuda coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. High level Catholic apologetics. Stay tuned. As for us, we love you. Uh, family, we're, we're so happy that you guys tune in, listen to our show. God bless you. We love you. Keep the faith. We are EOW, end of watch.